0: Welcome to Stories That Stick, a podcast series about the stories that shape us.
1: I was definitely attracted to the beauty, but then after that, my attraction to beauty isn't enough to
0: sustain something beautiful. It's Ade here, your host for Stories That Stick. In today's episode, we have Axel Cacoutier who's widely known as a sound designer for The Guardian's daily news podcast, Today in Focus. But I personally know him as an amazing sound artist and poet, whose work has been featured on Channel 4's Random Acts, BBC 4 Shortcut and BBC Radio 3. Now some of you are already familiar with how we start each episode, but for those of you who are not, we start each conversation on the topic of death. So please do skip past the one-minute mark if this topic might be triggering. And before we begin, please don't forget to rate, review, and share, because it really does help. We've got Axel. Axel, and I love your surname, but I don't think I ever say it right, Cucutier, Cucutier, yeah, yeah. But how would you say it, you know, with your (laughs) (laughs) accent?
1: Okay, so Kakutie is the OG version of it. Anglicized, shall we say, is Kakutie because you still got to honor that accent. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people, they get scared when they see that. So it's Kakutie, which is fine. But I've worked really hard to make sure that people say Kakutie, And now being on a podcast that where the name drops is, is every day, like I don't, I don't have to anymore. It's fine.
0: It's great. I always kick things off with all my guests. We start talking about death. mm How do you feel about death? My knee-jerk reaction was
1: just like to say, I love it because it pretty much informs how everyone lives. Too often
0: we think we are immortal and we do stupid things because of it. Contextualising that to you, do you think of death often and then do you change your behaviour based
1: off of that? I could be quite nihilistic in the sense that none of this really matters because everything is transient, nothing is permanent. And I want to connect to the things that matter um chasing money is not something i'm interested in i mean obviously we all got to eat we all got to have a roof over our heads but at the end of the day you know like if i was able to inform through my work or through my words or just like my own presence being there with somebody and giving them perspective or peace or joy those little things like that, I think that's, that's, that's what, what matters. matters to you. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: okay. Well, let's actually find out more and we're going to go into your past decade <laughs> Just go do to a bit figure of out the stories stuck with you. I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's talk about your first decade from zero to 10. Wow. Axel wasn't called Axel. Yeah. It isn't. <laughs> Still called Axel to the family. It's, it's
1: it's in the shortcuts now anyway, so like it's it's out there, it's out there. I that there was a bit of a like, oh my gosh, like people people are gonna know. And well, we'll
0: get to your name, yeah, Because okay. your name definitely <laughs> formed in the latter years. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, of who you are, so yeah. yeah growing up,
1: um, little Daniel was born in Cote uh, d'Ivoire, Ivory Coast. Came in when I was one first footsteps were in uh, Heathrow Airport, and my mum never fails to say. You know that bit where you wait for the luggage and put them on the trolley? Um, She turned around and couldn't find me. like assuming that I'd just still be sat where she put me. I was like, no, I decided to just help myself to someone else's luggage. And it's like, oh, oh, okay, okay, that's it. Like this boy's literally going places in the new country. Nice little uh, symbolic uh, something. Then after that, Grew up South London, Stretton first. Then after that, Tulsa Hill. Um, Yeah, just still in South, still in Brixton
0: now. Yeah, woo. Any fun memories?
1: Yeah, like (sighs) imagination is a wonderful thing. I think like the older I got, the more I realised how fun the inside of my head was more than like people. That is not to say that I enjoyed being around people, but I loved being by myself a lot. There was like Legos, there were Beyblades, there were Pokemon cars. Um... My sister and I, as well, we used to kind of like do our own version of radio slash podcast, where we were kind of like improv on our favorite anime called Gundam Wing at the time. I loved any kind of expression, pretty much.
0: You wrote in the prompts that I often give my guests prior to coming. Mm. Orpheus and Eurydice. Yes. Am I saying that Eurydice, right? Eurydice. Yeah, Eurydice. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm.
1: I'm gonna stick to my guns. I think it's, that's how you pronounce it. Okay, Eurydice. Yeah, Orpheus and Eurydice. I remember being in the music hall or the music room. How old were you? Five or six, and piano teacher Miss Bone. She was playing the song, and it had such a, it had such a melancholy vibe to it because essentially the song that we were singing was the moment where um, Orpheus turned around and saw Eurydice, but she's gone. I guess like a quick recap of yeah of, of, the, of story. the story. Yeah, that would help. Yeah, okay. Orpheus and Eurydice are lovers. Eurydice either dies or is kidnapped um, to the underworld. And Orpheus is really sad, so he attempts to go and get her back and basically make a a deal with uh, Hades, the lord of the underworld. Hades is like, okay, fine, because you really touched my heart because he played beautiful music, but this is the deal. You can only have her once. You're both out of the realm. But It's a long journey back though. And he starts to doubt if the deal actually happened. And essentially, just as he steps out and he turns around, she was actually behind him. But because she wasn't out, she's gone. And this is the song about it. Were you sad? Um, I guess this goes back to the transient nature of things. I generally do feel like I had that kind of intuitive understanding of that as a child. I, just, I was just like, yeah, that happens, you know, like shit happens. And... You have to deal
0: with it and you can create beautiful spaces with that. Well, let's talk about loss, but I think we we're going to talk about lust within our next chapter, because yeah. this is very much a formative years being yeah. teenagers. Yeah. Where love definitely comes into play, definitely. sexuality and whatnot. Axel in his teenage years. Yeah, this is. Um, yeah, who were you? What was what was happening at the time? <sighs> right?
1: Like the anime still stayed. The so did the heavy metal and the dark metal.
0: And what? The Hold grunt. up. Yeah. Let's pause for yeah. a second. <laughs> heavy metal. Yeah. Were you in a dark period? Or was that unfair? Because I think one often. And wrongly so, they stereotype those who listen to heavy metal as being quite emo, gothy, and the likes.
1: My relationship to it now, looking back at it, it's kind of like it felt more real. It didn't feel like this Disneyfication of what you expect teenage life to be. And I didn't necessarily want to only associate myself with, you know, things like kiddohood. And... I'm not going to pretend like I got a kick at the fact that I was listening to some different stuff, really. You know, like there was that kind of like Lone Ranger kind of like thing, you know, a black guy that listens to metal. You, you got looks.
0: Is that a thing for you? Do you feel comfortable being on your own?
1: From an introvert perspective? Yes, because I'm energized by being by myself. <laughs> um, creatively speaking, I need that. I need, I didn't understand this at the time. It was really confusing understanding like how I actually functioned standing from the outside, being by myself. It looked like everyone else found it easier to kind of like relate and connect and make friends and stuff like that. Mm. Like I did have friends, but there was something exhausting about the way I was being, or I felt that I had to be.
0: I mean, in primary school, right? At mm. this time, going into college and university. Yeah. There often is, especially within our education system, there's that one teacher.
1: Yeah, definitely. Mr. Montine. He was my music teacher for the majority of my secondary school career and I remember the uh, parents evening, he pretty much informed my mum there is a world for what young Daniel at the time wants to do and he belongs there essentially. If it wasn't for him saying that, I think my mom probably would have gone more down the traditional route because she doesn't know. Like, how many children of immigrants know that you can actually excel and there's money in it, and it isn't just all this flashy, like impermanence of a lifestyle, shall we say, that one typically sees? And yeah, Mr. Montine definitely he showed the light. I can't. Remember. I can't well, think right, of this thing. Yeah, like, he, he put you on a path. He put me on a path, man. He was the first one I like, that nodded, and respected, and valued, and upheld, and protected.
0: The artist in me. Okay, so I do want to move forward. I want to move on to our next decade, next chapter. Yes. We're in our third decade and you're a millennial, so this is us bringing it to the present. How did you start seeing the career in which you do? What was your route?
1: Taking it seriously, I was probably 17. and had a relationship with a manager at the time as well
0: i an artist manager yeah 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 music yeah yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. um we're always about giving credit here
1: oh you know okay so it's marvin harrison um the dope black dads the whole franchise and dope black everything that's what he's doing now uh but yeah he has, has a background in um managing artists Ooh.
0: how did you meet like how did you how did uh, I have I, this relationship twitter
1: is a is a really good networking um thing it was really, oh my, I just remembered something else. Oh my God. Okay, so I'm going to finish this bit and then I thought I'm going to say something else. Actually, no, I'm going to say the other thing first.
0: Damn, there's no rules, there's no <laughs> yeah. rules, no rules. You know, just let that. Because
1: I remember that um, secondary school, GCSE, that was my first introduction to a digital audio workstation. It was Cubase. Going to college, that's when I was introduced to the program Reason. And it was like a virtual studio, basically. You know, you had a rack, you could see it, you had a mixer, you can turn it around, you can rewire things everywhere and stuff like that. So you understood a bit more of how how the production of a song works. And everyone wanted to be a rapper. So it was a natural fit of like just making beats for people. Um, I was in uni at the time and having like worked with um, a couple of rappers, so Marvin got in touch that way. I never realized this until this conversation, how much that informed what I do now. Just like, interpreting established work or literally just trying to make it as close as possible without making it sound like that it's plagiarizing, the song. Without yeah.
0: plagiarizing. Thank you. How do you become a sound designer <sighs> for an outfit like the Guardian? Um, it was a headhunt at the
1: Guardian. I didn't reach out. And I think the best way I can answer that question is to reflect upon the things that I just did myself. Cause really that's how I got there. Um, I went to uni's at Ravensbourne studying music production for media and during the time I was there, it was 2012, the Olympics were happening, I was um, on work experience. Um, At the time I was a massive uh, fan of LBC, James O'Brien specifically, and I was following him, he tweeted that he was in the same arena where I was and I was like, what? (laughs) So I tweeted him saying, enjoy the show and there was a bit of to and fro that way. Jones the engineer, Clive Jones, big up as well. I saw his title and I was like, I want to know how he got what he did. So I slid into the DMs and said that. And he essentially invited me over to the studios in Leicester Square, gave me a tour of LBC. And then after that, he was like, yeah, so that's what I do. Would you like to do it? I was like, what? Okay. Yes, please. Yes, Amazing. please. Um. So my time at uni was kind of like split between like trying to finish the course, um, training as a studio manager at LBC and also trying to spin as many creative plates with Marvin as well. And, um, yeah, so it was off the back of that. I was at LBC for, uh, for like, four and a half years. Uh, that was a hard, like, last two years. Um,
0: do you want to speak on that?
1: Yeah, I think? mean, it's just, again, it's linked to the whole thing about being sensitive and how much you absorb. And, like, the daily news cycle, <laughs> in many respects, is anti-black. There's only so much you can take, really. I, it surpassed my threshold of taking it it, it became corrosive and right. it became a thing of like you know like checking in with your mental health like this is, this is not healthy anymore um, so in my head it's just like I never <laughs> I never wanted to stay there for that long because my ambitions was always just to be an artist yeah. I just want to be an artist
0: Your artist name and what you are known for is Axel yeah how did that come about? So,
1: a friend who came to visit me, he's also a DJ slash producer. He came around one time and he heard my mum call me Axel, Axel. And probably telling me off of something that I should have done. That I didn't do. <laughs> um, and he was like, why does your mum call you Axel? And I was like, no, that's my middle name. And that's what she calls me. Um, and it's was like, you should call yourself that. I was like
0: yeah why not <laughs>
1: Um, and that's how it stuck so like and for me I was always like what is my artist name going to be because like at that time I was DK I had other ideas that had the name Dragon in it And I'm glad that I uh, like for me like Axel was just kind of like I'm so glad I don't have to make up something shit because it's yeah yeah, Axel Kakutie like that's no one no one is cool that and yeah to the point
0: where I'm I'm less mistaken than Mm. someone in a pub quiz oh yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah man like the Guardian has definitely like leveled up my profile in, in ways that I couldn't imagine and for example there was just one night I was like just before bed either in a South American pub or a pub somewhere in Europe, this guy tweeting saying they won a pub quiz and their pub quiz team name was my name. So it was literally Team Axel Cucutier. That 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 was, that that is still, it's so, like, what the hell? Um, like <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like one of those things where, like, you grow up with people barely struggling to say your name or, like, you know, your name is coming up on the register. You just know, like, the supply
0: teacher is going to mess up your name. And I'm like, there's such a positive connection to it. Is there anything that you would like us to know that we haven't really discussed? Because I do know you are a huge, huge fan of astrology. (laughs) And, you know, you've actually done really well for us really not touching on it. I
1: can't believe it. Yeah, man. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know, man. you, yeah, like we've had many conversations where I'm like trying to get to know people, and it's going to be a matter of time until I ask them what sign they are, and specifically what sun sign they are. Because obviously, there is layers to, to astrology, which is why I appreciate it a lot more because it's not the simple pop astrology that just says, because you're a Taurus, which Ade is. Um, you know, you're gonna act like this. You're, you know, you're avarice, or you're very possessive, or stubborn, and blah blah blah. Like that. Nah. And I kind of see our sun signs to be like a verb rather than a noun. So like, you are Taurusing, and I am Ariesing. Like, if we're gonna if we're gonna make up words here, um, because they all have like, I mean, like all all typologies. You know, it does play into stereotypes, but there's nuance in the typologies, and with astrology, it's the poetry of astronomy. You know, and again, I love poetry. I write poetry and I feel like that's it just feels like such a natural interest into how one can understand themselves. And there seems to be a system that works in the sense like based on the time and location and the date you were born, it informs the type of person you are becoming, not who you are. Mm even just that as a riddle to be honest is why i'm so fascinated by it because there is a consistency around it all um and it's great to just contemplate on really um and i think yeah astrology was definitely a strong like it was a it was a gateway into understanding the self a, a lot more there are many avenues but that was one of them
0: funny that you mentioned that because this then almost reminds me in your final book before we do leave. The Struggle for Integrity Yes, by James Baldwin.
1: Yes, and that, that in fact isn't... It's not a book, it's his speech, well, a, a speech that he's done.
2: I really don't like words like artist or integrity or courage or nobility. I have a kind of distrust of all those words because I don't really know what those words mean.
1: The artist's struggle really for integrity is words essentially... Words an artist awakening, really. It's like when they realise that they are different. Other people know that they're different and they can't do anything about it.
2: And yet, one's compelled to recognise that all these imprecise words are kind of attempts made by us all to get to something which is real and which lives behind the word.
1: I kind of like listen to that speech Um, like every three to four months just to check in with one myself and just to see if I'm still on track. I feel like I've adopted Baldwin as my artistic father in many respects, just with just how powerful his insight was.
2: Is that I am an artist. There is such a thing. There is such a thing as integrity. Some people are noble. There is such a thing as courage. The terrible thing is that all of these words, a the reality behind these words, depend ultimately on what the human being, meaning every single one of us, believe to be real.
1: Like there's one quote by him where he says, You you suffer and you think that you're alone until you read. Nothing that I've done, lived, or about to go through is unique in many respects people have lived this for eternity it's such a liberation to just basically own that and essentially you you you're given the task to kind of like how are you going to remix this how how what, what? with with the gifts that you've been given and like you know what are you going to do about it i think that's essentially what Baldwin's saying
0: i do definitely adhere to the idea of Find your gift and just share it to the world. So, what is it that you would like to share? There were things and projects you're working on that you might want us to check out. You know, plug, I think, plug, plug. This oh is, this wow! Is, okay, this is your space. Well, okay. So, just in terms of like what I've
1: done, um, what I'm doing, because there's two answers to this: is there's that, and there's my intention with what I'm doing. So, I've done a um, a wonderful production, something I'm very proud of, actually, um, for Shortcuts Radio for program and the theme was uh, self-portrait and the idea was to essentially turn the microphone on producers to kind of like talk about something that matters to them and i essentially was exploring race and identity and the concept of blackness and how the construct of it serves to white supremacy and understanding the dual nature of my identity being a francophone west african child of an immigrant in the uk what does that mean and then after, that, I'm just like, forget all of that. This is who I am. There's a nice little fun, um... and that could be found on. Oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> that could <can> be found. <laughs> yeah, no, go. I no, no you could, no, fun. you could do it. You could do it. I'm, I'm terrible with these things. No, no, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> so it's actually on shortcuts. BBC Radio Four, and I believe there's a snippet of it on SoundCloud as well. Yes, I've just clipped like the intro that uh, Josie
1: does of mine, and you hear it there too. Um, yeah, it's also on mm-hmm. BBC Sounds as well. In case you got that too, in, yeah, and what yeah. kind of jazz? Um, yeah, so there's that. There's a film project that I've worked on as well, which is inspired from Grime and the uh, relationship that the industry has to it. And there's a, there's, there's there's some nice subtle uh, commentaries on that. But that was a real fun soundscape to create. What's it and, called and where can we find oh, it? Oh, it's called The Gift. And that is a Random Acts production. It will be up on YouTube under, the, under their banner, which is kind of cool. Um, so that's something that I'm looking forward to because it's been a while since I've worked on anything film-wise and mm. I kind of missed that. So that was nice to do. Um, yeah. So like, I guess the, what I want to do, w- the answer that I wanted to say when you asked me that was um, any, any way that the sound can be a mirror of you, the listener. That's what informs what I do, essentially. Um, I essentially just want to remind you of who you are I mean, in, in any respects, whether it's through the theme of hope or identity or race or whatever, really. Like there's, there's always an element where you can relate to it. And I hope it stays relatable in that respect.
0: We did start a conversation about death and it's very apparent that actually death for you is a shadow. Mm. Right. And yeah. it's a part of you. Yeah. If you could take anything materialistic in this world to this greater realm, what would you take with you? Um a pen and paper that doesn't run out.
1: Cause I'm sure that there will be there will be a lot to talk about on the other side, you know, and you gotta you gotta bear witness to it and you gotta write it down, basically.
0: Axel, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Where can we find you on the World Wide Web? Twitter, Instagram, and my SoundCloud are the best places
1: if you just search my name, Axel Cacoutier. And how do you spell your surname for those? <laughs> K-A-C-O-U-T-I-E. Don't worry about the accent because it's not pop up, yeah. So Axel's
0: A yeah. X E L as well, guys. Yes, yes, yes. Honestly, Axel, it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, thank you for sharing your voice on stories that stick. Thank you for having me, Ade. Like God. I think like the season finale, we should uh, do a little
1: role reversal here because uh, season finale. Yeah. <laughs> Just so uh, <laughs> we get to know about the man hey, behind the microphone as got well. Got season finale money out yeah. here. <laughs> I will find the money. We will do this because I think like it's it's I equally think it's important to know about what my guy's been doing here because the conversation that we have off mic as well.
0: Don't gas which, me. Let's no, wait, close, no, close, wait. Before,
1: before, close before close we close end off. up, before you finish <laughs> your podcast, like I was going to say, like there's there's just, just things that um Ade's done that I feel like, you know, everyone that he's interviewed <laughs> would definitely agree with uh, me that he's, he's a force to be reckoned with basically and we need to do something like that.
0: Thank you very much. And guys, thanks once again for listening and do stay tuned for another episode of Stories That Stick. Take care. Bye. Today's episode was produced by Ade Bambala, sound designed by Chris Orise. And if you'd like to be featured on Stories That Stick, then please do get in touch. This episode, you guys would have heard a little snippet of Axel's work, and we really didn't do it any justice. So we asked him if we could play the entirety of his audio. So without further ado, here's his short piece called How to Remember.
1: You don't know what it means to be black because you don't know what it means to be one thing. Who is when you know you're a brother and a son, a lover and a friend? Sometimes you say you're Ivorian and other times you say je suis Ivoirien, which means you feel more French than British until you go to France or your French isn't French enough. When you come back, you feel more British than Ivorian until you're offered tea or learn something about this country that puts you on the outside again. so you work and save enough to buy a ticket to fly back to where you were born but even there you're different your hair your clothes and mannerisms betray any sense of you being a native and as a result you become a standard of both admiration and envy to loved ones and strangers alike your French may be Ivoirien enough, but what about your Bété, Jula, Ani? Mother tongues you never needed to learn in order to survive because you were over there. But what about here? Would you be able to make it? just like that, after all the questioning, the doubts and endless soul searching, you accidentally find yourself on the outside again. But this time it's okay, because you weren't pushed. You're on the beach at the edge of the world, and it's warm here, as well as kind. You have the time space and the sea to remind you of who you are before the world told you, you were black.
2: People are really rather afraid that this country might be rather swamped by people with a different culture. And you know, the British character, has done so much for democracy, for law, and done so much throughout the world.
0: Having mass interbreeding, that must lead ultimately to a mulatto Britain. We feel that if we have a mulatto population in the future, that must mean the downfall of the civilization culture of our country which we hold so dear the whites have become black
2: a particular sort of violent destructive nihilistic gangster culture has become the fashion the dirty black devil <laughs> <laughs> typical, isn't it, eh? the trouble with nignogs is they've got no self-control one-third of my class are <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, black children then I've got a bunch of half-caste children I've got one little girl who's stunningly beautiful. She fell over, scraped all her face. I admit I was slightly surprised that where she scraped all her face, it's all pink underneath.
0: As far as I'm concerned, if there is a racialising dynamic in society today, it's this form of identity politics which effectively says you are a victim, you are oppressed, and that these people over the other side are really hate you and are looking to thwart you in some kind of way.
2: We don't want any more immigrants! We want bread to be redheads! And I did it for maybe a week, hoping some black bastard would come out of a pub and have a go at me about something, you know, so that I could kill him.
1: You had to dig deep to find it, to make sense of yourself again separating what's really you from whatever you picked up to keep going in this world. It can be both liberating and terrifying because maybe, for the first time, you learn you're not the familiar mask you have to wear. You're not this terrible thing that needs to be grateful for being here. And you don't need to soften the letters of your name for them to say it. You have never been too loud or too smart, an angel or the devil. In fact, you have never been any of the things you mysteriously felt obliged to be because you realise it's never been about you. You are black because you need to be, because they need you to be, in order to stay white.
2: 14 world powers discussing the future of the entire continent and how to carve it up. European powers had been setting up colonies in Africa for decades now they decided which parts of the continent they would each be allowed to treat as their own.
1: This is how you find yourself in a game you never asked to play in a hall of mirrors where you see them more than you see you but you can't afford to forget yourself because knowing who you are is your way out. But after the mirrors and distractions, the names, countries and the sea, after finding yourself on the outside, this time alone in the dark, separating from what you're not, can you truly say who you are?
2: X what? Oh. hello. Good. Actually man, it's in the museum. Flash Gordon is in the museum. Today I went cattle singing with my friends. And I went to the old people's house. Yeah. I didn't like to touch them because Too wrinkly, I didn't want to talk to her. Happy birthday, Toyo. Happy birthday, Toyo. Happy birthday, Toyo. Happy birthday, Toyo. Make your wish, man.
1: What am I gonna get rid of this
2: bracelet? <storming> She's bleeping good. It's a replacement for the word F U C K I A T. Yeah? This is oh, my logo. <laughs> I
1: glued it onto a magnet, which you can use the It's Pretty smart, eh? very creative boy, am I? Right.
2: Right. Look, we are in the car, on the way to RTE, I mean, I mean, also...
1: <laughs>
2: Mom's driving. <laughs> Who is you, man?
1: Who is he? Who is me? Yeah, this is what me art thou? I don't know. Um... Axel, um, or... Um, Daniel. Who's the name Daniel in this house? Yeah. In this house. You know, like, See, my hair's been
0: it's, it's growth, <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: growth in this. Oh my God,
0: there's a lot of growth.
1: Okay, um, so straight down to business. Yeah, I think um, um yeah, that is definitely yeah, a conversation like with Ben to have. Funny enough, I had a dream on on Wednesday, Wednesday morning, of you just um, messaging me again, just to see how I am. There is peace and pain, misery and joy. There are happy longings and fantastic terrors that keep you alive. There is art and childhood memories, little victories and bigger failures, but all the more reason to be proud. You have felt deep and imperfect things, but you've also known love In some of its faces and all of its names. But knowing this won't save you from discrimination and prejudice. It won't stop the suspicious stares or awkward followings in spaces you know you belong. Knowing this won't stop the clutched purses or the road crossings away or towards you with the want to hurt or more. But it gives a context to the courage a reason for the patience and the power to being human before you were black